0: This is Dino Dan from Cypress, California, and you're watching the Barbecue Central Show.
1: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you We You have a great show. I'm a big fan.
0: Boing.
1: So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in
0: the crackle. Charbono, it's all
1: about the Charbonneau, dude. Succulent fish. What? Eight two three four wiener. Well, oh, listen, Labrinius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach, seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top. Welcome into the second hour. Here we go. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire barbecue and grilling related items of only the highest importance level, depending on how they have transpired during the course of a news cycle. So it might have been earlier this week, which, you know, was only Monday or last week or last month. If they are still generating heat, pardon the pun, we will continue to cover them until they go out. Still to come on the show this evening, the managing partner at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association, or NBBQA, Cal Phelps, will join us in about 13 minutes from now. After Cal, we will have a little bit of an open, but as I had mentioned in the first hour, because of travel arrangements very early tomorrow, there's a good chance we'll just call it in the evening as we get through the business and uh, get some... Quick sleep before we rise very, very early tomorrow morning, but we'll see how that goes. We say good evening to all of those of you who are watching tonight through one of our video streaming platform partners. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show to watch. You can also take it in through YouTube slash RD Rempey where there is not only a robust chat going on, but there is also the YouTube poll question of the week that we'll get to. And as I had mentioned just a few minutes ago, We are throwing caution to the wind and putting the show back up on Clubhouse, and there appears to be a grand total of zero people in it. I understand there was a burgeoning audience that was taking it in through Clubhouse, and then this Club Deck app that I was using in order to sound bright and professional started crashing like the Hindenburg time after time. So I said, you know what? That's it. I'm done with it. Not going to use it anymore, but I heard they had made some bug fixes and advances in the software. So I decided to give another shot here. So I know there was sound going out and there is nobody in the audience. So I will say this again. And I say it with peace and love, peace, and, peace, love. And, peace love. and love. If you have a question for Cal Phelps that you would like to ask him in the next segment, jump on over to clubhouse. And I will certainly try to mix you in where I can. Again, podcasting wise, the first hour will be released shortly after the show is done here this evening. Now feed will take time to populate, so it probably won't be until I actually get into uh, the uh, waking up part of tomorrow morning, like around three thirty am where it actually hit the feed and you can go ahead and check it out there. A uh, second hour will be up on Thursday. And I'll tell you about what's going on Friday here in just one second. Let's go ahead and update the YouTube poll question of the week. I asked you, which is your favorite style of cooker? The bullet or WSM style? The UDS or ugly drum smoker? Or the offset stick burner? Or the pellet cooker? And my, how things have tightened up. However, remaining in the lead at 35% is your friend and my friend, the pellet cooker. However, coming in deadlocked in second place at 29% each, Bullet Style and Stick Burner. Which means the Ugly Drum Smoker Style is just getting shit all over. 6%. How dare you? How dare you? Anyway. You are able to continue to take part in that chat. I forgot to ask Wes Wright, which his favorite cooker is, but I won't forget to ask Cal when we lead off his segment here in just a few short moments. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday is episode 270, if you can believe it, taking you back to March 6, 2018. Now, this is something I totally forgot about until I previewed this file a week ago. So I ask you this question, does anyone remember the time when KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, was pushing their gravy? That's right, pushing their gravy. Not chicken, not biscuits, not that coleslaw, none of their food products, but solely the gravy. As in, this stuff is so good, you could drink it. I think they were actually telling people to just grab gravy And use it in various ways. One of the ways they were talking about. Back in March of 2018. Was putting KFC gravy. In a cocktail. No joke. Well in successive weeks. There was a push. For KFC gravy. And then the following week. There was a shortage. Of KFC gravy. Weird time back in 2018. And if you didn't hear this bit when it originally aired, then I would urge you to listen. And I say bit because there are some vocal effects used to drive a point home, and I'm not going to give it all away, so make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get it and listen to it. But I think you will appreciate the vocal effects that I was able to put on during this portion of the show. But I completely forgot that KFC was pushing their gravy as its own item, telling you to mix it into different cocktails, like liquor cocktails, not mocktails or over-the-top of mashed potatoes, but using it in various drinking and cooking situations. By the way, I don't know how much of a fan you are, but this might have been the beginnings of what ended up being the booze teen bit I did with Former Centralite Jason King from Canada. I can't confirm it, but as I look back, I start to do a little research. It certainly makes sense that this would be the beginnings or where the idea of Booze Teen was born. And if you don't know what Booze Teen was, a number of years ago, probably right around this time, uh, five years ago, Jason King said, "You know what? I will take this challenge. I'll take gravy. I'll take vodka." And I will make, you know, Canada, uh, the big thing there is poutine. French fries, gravy, cheese curds, things like that. And he decided to take the gravy, add liquor, hence what KFC was urging people to do, make gravy cocktails. But he decided to make a poutine out of booze teen, and ultimately it looked delicious. He videoed it. We showed it on the show. It was great. So, hey. If that's what this is all about, then we did our part in 2018 to help. Not only did we move gravy on one week, we moved so much there was a shortage of gravy that following week. Jeff andreezy is weighing in on the instant chat. I worked at KFC for a few years in college. The gravy was legit. I made thousands of gallons. You did. I don't want to pull back the curtain on my fast food life. I worked at McDonald's first shift. So that was starting at four in the morning. I was doing this. I was working. So I was working that shift. So it was four to noon, eight hour shift. Then at one, I went to a tool factory in Chagrin Falls, Ohio from one to ten. And then on the weekends, I was a bartender at Canterbury Golf Club, which is a a half-alutant golf club out here in northeastern Ohio, trying to pay off my then-engagement ring to my current wife. And uh, that was my uh, not my first foray into fast food. My first foray was Subway. I was a sandwich artiste. And I worked the third shift when I was doing the Subway sandwich making. So anytime after 10 o'clock in the town that I was living at, at that point, wasn't nearly the metropolis that it is now, Bainbridge, Ohio. After 10 o'clock, things got dead. I was working until 2 o'clock in the morning, like with the bars closing. Nobody's in there, so what did I do? I said, well, screw the front of the house. I went into the back walk-in where there were 10-gallon buckets of dill pickle chips. I put on my coat. And I went into the walk-in and I cracked the top of those 10-pound buckets and I just started slopping back pickle chips like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) Delicious. So where Jeff was making thousands of gallons of gravy, I was eating my weight every shift in dill pickle chips while I was being a sandwich artist. Take it from somebody who knows. I don't know how much has changed in the last 30 years. Judging from Subways, probably not much. Never, ever, ever, ever get the tuna. Don't ever do that. Never do it. Even when it's fresh, it's not fresh. And you can imagine that that's not turned over every night. Just never get it. I would recommend getting the fake seafood sub before you ever get the tuna. Just my two cents. I'm an expert. I worked there. I was a sandwich artist. I ate thousands of pounds of pickle chips. I know what I'm talking about. All right, Cal Phelps is ready to rock here. Before we get to him, I will talk to you about Primo Cookers. What do we love about ceramic grills? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We also love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers the real ability to do true two-zone cooking that's right two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence however getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic why because it's round and a primo grill and the game-changing oval design the shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo Cooker so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. We all know that the lift hinge has been revamped. We all know that the top and bottom air dampers have been revamped. We love the new Primo Grill rotisserie accessory that you can get. They have also have that Primo Grill pizza accessory, half pans, drip pans, the whole deal. If you love accessories for your cooker, Primo is now delivering on that end as well. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, you betcha. True two-zone cooking capabilities, I just talked about it. Go to primogrill.com, find a dealer near you, and then see all the different size ovals that they have, and then pick the one that's best for you. Get all those accessories because your dealer should have them. And then you're ready to rock and roll. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram, but go to primogrill.com and get your Primo right now. You know you want to do it. Hug them, feel them, and then buy the one that feels best to you. We're back with Cal Phelps right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show.
1: Alright, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes. A host of accessories to complete your Pit Barrel cooking experience. Doesn't matter if you're just a beginner or a savvy vet. Definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pit barrel Cooker dot com and tell them the barbecue central show sent you my guest in the second hour the managing partner of the industry's trade organization known as the nbbqa this past week and weekend was the 2023 annual conference that took place in orlando florida or thereabouts here to recap the week is none other than our pal cal felt All right, Cal, before we get to the recap, let me get to the YouTube poll question of the week because I forgot to ask Wes Wright. By the way, percentages are changing as we speak. Races are tightening, so this vote could put you over the edge. Cal, what is your favorite type of cooker? Bullet style, ugly drum smoker, offset stick burner, or pellet cooker?
2: Man, it's got to be the drum
1: smoker, man. Really?
2: Uh, the, yeah, man. Wow. It's, it's just bursting with the Weber kettle grill, man. You know, it's just a little bigger.
1: Cal, you are in the vast minority at 11%, currently leading as pellet cookers at 33%, and then continually locked in dead heat at 28% as bullet style and offset, and then UDS is picking up the bottom slack at 11%. But maybe you'll inspire some of the folks that are watching that haven't voted yet, and we'll see how it ends as the show comes to a close here this evening. Anyway, okay last time you were on, and I appreciate you stopping by again, people were starting to make the migration into the celebration area of Orlando, Florida. This would be last week, and I know you're only a few days away from it. Let's take the thirty thousand foot view here, just to start off with. How do you think the event came off,
2: man? I got to tell you, uh, the feedback we're getting right now is all positive. You know, uh, we'll we'll do our due diligence and send out the surveys and all that good stuff. So get a lot of a uh, lot more details there. And man, I hey, listen, let me just go ahead and apologize because I am uh, <laughs> the internet down here sucks today. and so i'm probably gonna skip and hop and flop all over the place before we get done
1: so far so good all right cool (laughs) so when you send out the surveys do you let me rephrase this question to your face everybody's just going to tell you they love you but not until the survey comes where perhaps it's done under anonymity they would really unload both barrels
2: I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think you know. I don't think anybody's going to unload both barrels. I think we got kind of lucky on that deal. Um, but I think, I think you're going to get a more honest uh, opinion now. Of course, on social media, you know, um, those feedback comments are very, very, very real too, and uh, they've all been so positive so far. Yep. So, um, unless there's one stuck in the back maybe you know it's hiding that we hadn't seen or anything like that but I think you know overall man it's uh it's it was a positive experience and hey listen I know we're not perfect so uh it, it definitely it definitely was not a perfect event but uh I think we uh we laid a pretty good foundation on something to build on for sure moving
1: forward I think I was there in person in Fort Worth I believe it was 2018 if I'm not mistaken so we're getting on 5 years uh, now uh, that was the first time they had invited podcasters down we had our own little room there in the stockyard whatever the hell it was called and i was asking people uh, not during the, the tapings of course during the live shows of course because uh, i'm sure nobody would have answered positively but as the mics were ducked and i would say hey you know what do you think about the nbbqa there was a lot of uh for lack of a better term shit talking going on about the event and who was putting it on and if there was really any benefit that people were really getting from it, at least from folks that were a little high profile. And now five years later, the good thing is this. I'm trolling social media all the time uh, across Live Fire just like you are, especially during last week when you have your event going off. I didn't see one person post anything negative in public, but better than that. I didn't have anybody come to me through direct message or through email and say, same old shit show or completely not worth it. None of that happened. So at worst, we're certainly raising the bar uh, as far as what MBBQA is being viewed at now. <laughs> and it has to be because of the direction that you've taken it away from. It's not... Of uh, volunteers and you know people having to figure out how they're going to make time to help this organization and heaven forbid try and take advantage of the situation or the organization as well you've legitimized it I guess in, in a certain sense because you have the appreciation of the history of it uh, but you also want to see it continue to grow so were there any huge snags during the course of the week that you didn't anticipate that you had to work through
2: Um, not really, man. I mean, we had a, we had a speaker call me on, uh, Wednesday who doing a social media class or whatever, and, uh, had an accident with his daughter. So couldn't make it Friday morning. So, uh, we were blessed enough to have some superstars already (laughs) kind of in our, in our hip pocket. And we, uh, we threw them in there and those guys hit a home run. so. Um, you know, I don't know that we've ever not done one of those events or been a part of and not had some kind of hiccup or um, curveball thrown at us. But yeah, no, we it was it was pretty smooth, man. I mean, everything was um, everything went really well. The hotel uh, bent over backwards for us. I mean, the food was phenomenal, um, which is you know sometimes you know sometimes we've gotten dry chicken trying to save a dollar Mm. you know how that goes um so uh we actually had lamb chops on thursday night and uh chef got a standing ovation on that deal wow Uh, so yeah um and it it just uh it it all went very 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 well but uh you know i got to contribute that to uh all the contributors the helpers you know um all we did was just kind of put the puzzle out, and this thing is—it's the way I do it. It's almost like a big puzzle. You know, you can see what the puzzle's supposed to look like on the outside of the box, right? And then you open it up, and there's pieces all over the place. Well, then you start herding everybody around, and everybody—everybody uh, can—the the better that everybody can see the outside of the box, the easier everything will go because they can see what what we see in the end. And uh, I think that's exactly what happened last week. It was a great experience.
1: Cal Phelps joining us here on the show, the managing partner over at the NBBQA, nbbqa nbbqa.org. If you're not a member over there right now, of course, Cal and I are asking that you certainly give it consideration. And uh, why the hell not join? Uh, Go ahead and do that. Help us both out here. So attendance-wise, this is something that you're probably looking at. Maybe there was an expectation of seeing x amount of attendees uh through the course of the week or you know a, a cumulative number depending on what the weekend might have looked like because there were some other things going on that you didn't have to go to the the whole event during the week you could just show up for the weekend for those master classes so did it meet expectation as far as attendance was concerned <laughs>
2: i think we paid the bills and that's you know anytime you do one of those things that's a scary thing i mean you Start six months ahead and you put your name on a $250,000 contract with a hotel, you know, where you've got X number of rooms blocked, you know, food and beverage minimum. And, um, you got to pay these guys to come teach, um, some of these different tent companies. You got, you know, it just, it's a, just a huge, um, I don't, I don't I'm not going to call it a gamble. Um, It's just a um,
1: calculated risk. The
2: way that thing's, yeah, maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It could be called worse. I mean, I've seen it worse. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'd love to have had another hundred people there, um, without a doubt. But to say that we're disappointed or we um, didn't pay the bills, or you know, we're going in the hole or something like that um we've yet to get the final hotel bill but um we had already paid enough deposit that we were ahead mm. in that deal so um if any unforeseen circumstances come in that we may not see but um yeah i'm i'm satisfied with it and uh, like i say i think we laid a pretty good foundation to build upon from there moving forward
1: I always thought that maybe an event like this was an organization's big moneymaker over the course of the year. Uh, I don't know why I would think that, but, you know, when I was there in person, there seemed to be a lot of people there, a lot of big name people there. And to me, that just signified people were just, you know, pumping money into it. And that was a huge money booster for MBBQA to help them through the course of the year. But it sounds like you don't do this right and you could really eat a shit sandwich.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, and back in the day, you know, that was the that was the way the the association was set up. You know, you had a a yearly conference that basically had to make enough profit to keep it afloat and run it for the next year because we didn't do a lot of other events in between. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's that will change. That that's one of our things we can't do is go back to the once a year deal. Um, matter of fact, got calls set tomorrow. I'll be on the road headed to Houston. Um, as soon as we finish up and upload to the printer the March issue of the Barbecue News magazine, and then we will we'll start having calls starting about two o'clock till about six o'clock tomorrow night on next event happening. But uh, it will not be. It will not be next year before we have another event.
1: How many events would you like to see? Ideally, you know, if you're looking down the road, uh, two to five years from now, you you want to have some every quarter. You want to have some every month. What do you think? And then have like a, a culminating, you know, yearly annual conference to be the big crescendo.
2: Possibly. Um, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to work to at least four events. Um, take the country divide it up and uh, hit all four segments, Um, you know, we've got some ideas and we've seen some, um, I'm not going to say we're going to piggyback off of some ideas on some other events that we've seen um, where the weather kind of, it doesn't really matter what the weather is, we can still hold events, Um, but I would love to divide the country up and have one in all you know four places across the country uh, every year I think that would be that would be pretty cool when we had talked about doing like many conferences um and maybe we divide up and do four and then just let one be the major major year yearly conference mm. there
1: attendance wise you said you were pretty happy with the turnout but when we look at growing the event what do you think needs to be done in order to you know get that extra 100 people or 200 people next year and the year after that
2: it's real simple for us you know um everybody who commented positively said it was a great event we just want those guys to tell one person and bring one person or be responsible for bringing one person with them next year. If you do that, you double up. Hmm. Um, then the next event you double up next event, you double up, but that growth, you know, um, has to go with membership. And then as membership grows, then sponsorship will grow and then vendors will grow. Um, you know, and, as some of the new events that we're talking about doing, one of the conversations having tomorrow will be about retailers. Uh, retailers, you know, that's one thing. Maybe says as a trade, we're a trade organization, but we have sucked at having retail folks involved with it. So, uh, moving forward,
1: what does that mean, um, retail folks? Who are you talking about specifically?
2: So independent store owners hardware store owners, those guys who are peddling um, manufactured goods on a daily basis. Um, When you look at, you know, these rubbing sauce guys, the guys that are making um, the pits, um, different grills, accessories, or whatever, um, you know, if they come to MEBQA, yeah, we can, you know, help them with their marketing ideas and, um, you know, help them with some business plans or whatever from past experience deals or whatever, but to really help them push their product out to the end user. Um, we don't have an avenue for that. We've never really had an avenue for that, but that's hopefully one of the new roads we'll pave as we, uh, we get ready to keep moving forward.
1: Cal Phelps joining us here on the show, managing partner over at the NBBQA. org is the website. Part of this annual conference every year is the awards of excellence, and it goes through a vast and sweeping section of the live fire industry, sauces, rubs, media, book writing, and all this. Who are the big winners or ones that stood out to you?
2: Oh, man. So we just uh, we just put those up last night, um, and they are um, – they're on uh, MEBQA.org. org if you look at latest news there you'll find uh, the top five listed there uh, had a lot of new folks a lot of new faces um, first-time entries um, King Louis um, rubs and flavor makers those guys um, I think they they walked like ten times or something and he <laughs> he actually posed a question to me uh had anybody else ever walked 10 times or whatever so i'm gonna have to go back and uh dig down into the uh history books and and check that out i, I know john olsen smoky john olsen back in the day man johnny o uh, <laughs> man he walked a bunch with that homemade sauce he had it he must have cost him 20 dollars a bottle to make it but uh <sighs> i know he walked a bunch back in the day uh at that aoe awards but um this is just great to see you know new faces um man and i can't tell you how cool that is when you see people who have put their so much heart time effort and investment their money into bringing those products to and to see them get uh, recognition in front of their peers, mm. um, that's pretty cool. And that's that's what MBBQA is all about, helping those guys uh, um, succeed and uh, maybe even get to hang a blue ribbon on that bottle, um, sell a few more products for them in the end.
1: I'm on the mbbqa.org website going through the list of winners, and I'm looking specifically, of course, for the Barbecue Audio Series and or podcast, you would think it would be this show. But no, no, no. We say congratulations to Grab'em in the brisket first place audio series, which I think has unseated. um, oh, What the hell is his name? The guy down in Australia, smoking hot confessions. Uh, he had a, a number of Aaron. years. Yeah, yeah, Ben Arnott, uh, he had a number of yeah. years in a row of winning best podcast, best barbecue-related podcast, so grab Grab'em in the Brisket is there. Uh, it's only showing a first-place winner, so I don't know if grab Grab'em in the Brisket was actually the only entrant, and because you're the only entrant you win, but hey, that's the kind of contest I want to enter. If it's just me and nobody else, I'm guaranteed victory, and that's all that I want, so congratulations to those guys for unseating the know. champion, I, I mean... Ben Arnott.
2: You know, those guys are from Texas. They're pretty badass, so I don't know. Maybe they scared everybody in and I don't know. There's
1: no doubt. Uh, plus, they have a tremendous TikTok following as well, so they are multifaceted on multi-platform, and again, we congratulate them for having the Best Barbecue Podcast. Um, Cal, anything else you would like to mention on this year's event or anything coming up that you would like to promote and start getting hype about?
2: Oh man, um, I tell you that the coolest thing is, um, you know, I just got done twenty minutes ago writing my article. So I always, I always take up a little space in the magazine and uh, write about you know stuff from my heart every month. And uh, so MMBQA, the theme this year was hashtag Better Together. You know, it's talking about you know we do things better together. Well, it's kind of real huge coincidence how this whole deal went down wednesday night we had a brand new event to the event uh to the conference that started the event off and was called the firefight and um it was a small little welcome reception contest type deal almost like a culinary fight club deal but we had a, a husband and wife who um no stranger to the culinary world, a uh, miracle in the kitchen. Um, those guys, hmm. uh, didn't add any team members to their little, um, deal cooked a appetizer, main dish and a dessert hmm. and actually wound up cooking a dessert for their deal was to feed 300 samples on dessert. Oh. And, um, They walked away as the new firefight champions um, to that deal. And then uh, when you talk about togetherness, better together, the very last thing we did was close out the SCA event on Saturday. And we made a little SCA history, man. We had a uh, husband and wife team. Both have – uh, perfect scores oh. in the same contest and uh, they both tied for first place so that was Tim and Sandy Brown
1: Oh, uh, some of the, the most elite I- steak yeah, cookers Brown. out there in the country I think Sandy's uh, maybe they're both um, uh, overall points winners in different years but I know Sandy was uh, maybe two years ago
2: absolutely and uh, Tim's reigning um, points champion um But, yeah, it's – I mean, you know, those guys are – it's unreal some of the talent that was down there, you know, when you look at the world champions. Um, But that – you know, you had one partnership started off and one partnership ended it. And it just showed how, how, you know, better together we're all – we all get better. And, uh, you know, MBBQA, as we go and grow – that's what we want to do, man. We want to work together to help anybody, regardless of uh, what aspect of the barbecue world they want to get in. Uh, we just want to help them that way. Um, any, it, I tell people all the time. I said the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Right. You know, that's just the way we kind of see it. So.
1: Cal Phelps is the managing partner over at NBBQA and the website org. Go ahead and take a look and then sign up. And if you can't make it to in-person events, they're recording. So you have access to video archives. So you can make sure you're taking advantage of all the great information that's being disseminated at these things. And all brought to you by Cal Phelps and the team over there at NBBQA. Cal, appreciate the breakdown and we will look for you again sooner than later.
2: Hey man, you got it. And, um, you know, I will tell you this everything we did as far as session wise was videotaped, and um, hopefully, in the next 30 days or so, we'll have all that video footage edit, edited down, and um, we'll have all that stuff up on the website. And uh, I don't know if we'll put it down for a free peek or not because they sure didn't, uh, it wasn't free to have it all videotaped, yeah. but um, if you want to you want an idea about what MBBQA is about just keep watching the next 30 45 days or so there'll be enough peaks around enough testimonials and uh to see if that's something um where we can help you in your barbecue journey for sure
1: thanks cal appreciate it
2: greg man thanks a bunch as always man and um keep it smoking brother
1: we will Give me a Kel yeah! Give me a hell yeah! That's right. So, we urge you to consider a membership over at mbbqa.org. That's the website. And as Cal said, if you're on the fence, you want to get some insider looks, some sneak peeks, keep following them 30 to 45 days from now. You might be seeing some edited video of what's actually going on in these conferences. And that's what you want to see. Maybe that puts you over the edge. Before we close it out here this evening, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Indeed, 37% of you are saying that pellet cookers are your favorite cooker to use. And Green Mountain Grills should be at the top of that list. Two different lines to choose from a choice line and a prime line. If you want to save a couple bucks, you don't need Wi-Fi or the associated app connectivity, being able to raise lower temperatures, things like this then the choice line is the one you're going to want to take a look at. If you don't care about saving a few bucks and you want technology and two internal meat probes and look in windows on the main cooking chamber and pellet hopper and the list goes on, then you want to look at the prime line. Only sold through dealers, so find a dealer near you at GreenMountainGrills.com. Then visit the dealer and take a look at all the different models that they have to choose from. Get educated by the dealer who has been educated by the Green Mountain Grill expert. And now you pick the one that's best for you. You get it home. You're educated. You can use it and have success right off the bat. That's the way Jason Baker and the gang wanted over at Green Mountain Grills. No buyer's remorse. No, I don't know how to use this. Now you're bringing it back. Now you're talking shit about somebody. No, no, no. That's all eliminated. This is the way they do it, pulling through the dealers. Again, choice line and prime line, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we'll be back right after this around.
0: Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
1: And we thank Cal Phelps for joining us last segment, breaking down the conference from last week that started last Wednesday and ran through Saturday so again as I had mentioned he's only a couple days away from it and giving us the insiders look at being freshly off of it and then what they might be able to do to continue to attract new members and that's going to be the hardest and easiest part of this whole thing if you have people that attended the event and they really liked it and as Kale said the easiest thing to do is to have one of those people that liked it tell somebody that's not a current member to become a member and then give their testimonial. Referral business is the easiest business to close in sales. Referral business and testimonials are the easiest way to convince somebody to do something. And that would hold true for membership in NBBQA. So if you've thought about it, or you didn't even know that this is an organization that existed, go to the website, mbbqa.org, and check it out. You can reach Kale many different ways. He's very accessible, happy to answer all your questions. He's not some unapproachable guy that I just have access to because I've done the show for 15 years. He is very accessible, very down-to-earth. What you just saw in the interview is the same guy you would get in person or on the phone or through some type of a Zoom conference, however it works. Johnny Mags is asking a question. The instant chat is kale going to be set up in a certain spot in Houston. I didn't see that until we were already disconnected. I can tell you this. He is going to Houston and he's part of a organization that's going to be cooking a lot of hogs from what I understood. I don't know if it's like hogs with the cause or uh, something about cancer, this or that, whatever, but, I think if you drop him a note, Johnny, that he'll be able to tell you where he's going to be at, but it didn't sound like he was anchoring in one specific spot. He had a number of different agenda items that he was going to be going through as we were sound checking last night. We were talking about that as well. So uh, he's going to Houston tomorrow. He's got business calls that are associated with NBBQA, and then he's got some other stuff going as well. So if you're going to be in Houston at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Why not try and track Kel down and bend his ear a little bit? Did you know that Week 31 is in the books and we are still on the plateau, but we're getting there. That's right. I'm talking about David Leans and the Do Wellness program. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. And now, this week... Week 32 is going to be the week that we have not had. It's unlike any other week that we've had in the last 32 weeks. I'm going to be out of town. I'm not going to be in my element. I'm not bringing any extra workout clothes. or I'm traveling as tight as I can. So, I'll be circling up with David tomorrow laying out what my agenda is what I'm going to have access to we're going to come up with a game plan to keep me on track as much as I can here's what I'm feeling like since I'm not going to be able to hit the gym in the way that I would want to I don't know what access to the food I'm going to be having I'm not concerned with putting on weight in fact it's the opposite I'm scared that I will opt to not eat because I'm a guy that could not eat for 16 hours if I wanted to Sometimes I just forget. I'm afraid I might start to lose weight, and I don't want that. I'm right around 172, 173. So we want to keep that trend moving up. Remember, the goal is 185 uh, within the year. So we'll see if that actually happens or not. But this is the kind of week that can set you back. So we'll refocus, we'll talk about mindset, we'll talk about diet. And then we'll put the plan together for me to execute over the next handful of days. If I have to stay out there that long, who knows? We'll see what happens uh, Thursday, Friday when we get to where we're going. In the meantime, you can do the same thing. Davidleans.com/bbq. That's Davidleans.com/bbQ. Tell him you heard him on this show. You want the barbecue Central Show deal. You want a program, and then you can get together with David. He'll put a program together, meeting you where you're currently at, and then you work towards the goals that you are hoping for. And again, he doesn't want a client forever. He wants to get you on the right track, make sure that you're confident, and then he will release you back into the wild. If you got to come back to him, you can do that. But this isn't like just do it forever kind of thing. He wants to help you become a better person lifestyle-wise as it relates to eating and health and all that good stuff davidleans.com slash bbq that's davidleans.com slash bbq wrap back to wrap the show right after this stick around we'll be right back
0: whole packers full racks legs and thighs injecting butts If you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig rimpey
1: And we are back. We thank Cal Phelps for joining us in the first interview segment of the second hour, 1014 or 14 or 14-pass. org is the website. And that's going to do it for us here this evening. As I said, there was a chance we might Cut it a little bit short here this evening. I'll check clubhouse one more time and nothing's happening there, so we can just close that room out altogether so I don't forget like I normally do. And then we can start to make our outro available all the way back in the first hour. Mike Lang, another point please, and fan of Weber products, contractor for Weber, made some training videos on the new griddle, which he's a fan of. So, another pintplease.com is his website, and you can follow him over on Instagram at the same handle. And then after Mike, it was Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com. We broke the Weber griddle down a little bit further and a little bit more of a uncolored light, getting some real review from him. We also talked about how Traeger is going to be releasing their Flat Rock griddle cooker tomorrow on the 22nd. So, if you're listening to this today, We also talked about how it's like $900 griddle. Holy moly. We'll see what it's all about. We'll break it down next week, of course. And we have some great guests. Of course, the fourth Tuesday, we'll bring a visit from Derek Riches. We'll also talk to the embedded correspondents. And if I'm not mistaken, Rodney Scott makes his reemergence on the show to end February. So looking forward to that. So how do I always leave you September 11th, 2001? I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Austin Parsons, Pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the barbecue central show.